Preface Why Tell Historical Lies? Lies about history are told, written, and passed down through generations for a variety of reasons. States create lies about rival states. An example of this is the Black Legend, invented mainly by England in the early modern period to blacken the reputation of its great rival, Spain. England's motives were political, economic. Spain had struck it rich in the New World while England had not, and religious. The Spanish king was the Catholic champion of Europe, whereas English monarchs were supporting the Protestant cause. More recently, anti-Catholic and anti-legitimist authors have told lies about the wartime regimes of Marshal Pétain in France and Franco in Spain. Communist writers lie about capitalism, capitalists about workers, and Renaissance historians about the Middle Ages. There can also be a real temptation to distort history for reasons of patriotism, or to cover up the failings of one's own party or religious leaders. Catholics are not immune to this temptation. Historical lies, in short, are not necessarily told from religious motives, although religion is often one reason, sometimes the most important one, for their creation. In this book, we will examine seven lies that do originate from religious motives and which have the Catholic Church as their target, either directly, as with the Inquisition, the Galileo case, the Church's alleged opposition to progress, the putative corruption of the Church before the Reformation, and the post-war attacks on Pope Pius XII, or indirectly, as with the Black Legend, the Crusades, and the Middle Ages, in cases in which historical lies target the Church directly or exclusively, there are, again, a variety of specific motives for the attacks. Atheists are always happy to find some issue with which to discredit the Church, and ex-Catholics bearing a grudge against their former spiritual mother are often both rabid liars and prolific writers. The most thoroughgoing and persistent religious historical lie seems to be the oddly unhistorical view that most Protestants take of pre-Reformation history. They posit an early Christian community of believers with a very loose ecclesiastical organization and no fixed hierarchical structure, only a couple of sacraments and a few doctrines that fit whatever sect they belong to. This happy situation lasted in their minds until the Emperor Constantine stopped the persecutions and legitimized Christianity. Constantine supposedly reshaped the structure and doctrines of the Church by meddling in ecclesiastical affairs, and this Church-State coziness changed Roman Christianity into what became the bad Catholic Church we have today. While the true believers went underground in order to practice their pure and simple faith, only emerging into daylight with the dawn of the Reformation. This scenario is incredible, in the literal sense, to anyone familiar with the mass of available early Christian documents and the history of the first three centuries. The myth survives mainly due to historical ignorance, as well as ideology, and the reason I do not deal with it directly in this book is that the cure for it is an entire course on early Western civilization. Portions of this mythical history, however, will turn up in several of the following chapters.